Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. It's episode 276, and today we're talking about our upcoming plans of traveling Germany by train, and also uh, after that, if we've got time, and uh, fingers crossed we do, just updating you on all of the cool stuff we've been doing recently. I mean, since uh, Salzburg, our last podcast, we've been to several places in the Czech Republic, dropped down to Italy for a weekend, and then uh, started touring around Germany. It's been great fun. Remember that you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. So visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights slash hostels and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. And our, our books are available at guides.indietravelpodcast.com. There's Buenos Aires and Las Vegas guides and the art of solo travel, art of couples travel and women on the road. Yeah, and don't forget that if you're shopping online, if you visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon, then uh, you'll be able to click the link go to Amazon, do your regular shopping, and we get a commission. So we really, really love it when you do that. If you do that, we will love you forever. <laughs> yeah, well, that uh, summer travel season for the Northern Hemisphere is really starting to heat up. So please don't forget to, uh, yeah, especially booking hostels and insurance through us. It will uh, help us keep the show going, which is all important. Yeah, it doesn't cost you any more. So it's just a matter of clicking a couple of buttons. Thinking of that, we had a conversation on Facebook a few weeks ago about uh, putting out a voluntary subscription for the Indie Travel Podcast. So we don't want to lock anything behind a paywall or make anyone pay for the show, but we're struggling to figure out a way to make it sustainable so we can, you know, keep the podcast up and running. So we were talking on Facebook about maybe either doing a, a one-off fundraising drive every year to help fund the next year. And also, or or and or a voluntary five buck a month subscription that people could chip into, and that would help pay for the hosting fees and and running it, and hopefully give us time to uh, to really focus on the podcast again. Yeah, unfortunately, these audio files take up quite a lot of space, which is getting a bit expensive. Yeah, well. Don't worry about that right now. I just wanted to raise it in case we, uh, well, when we have time in a month, we arrive in Berlin and uh, we'll be able to have time to, to maybe sort something out. So keep that in the back of your mind. But now and, let's talk uh, about that month. Yes, let's talk about, well, yeah, the upcoming month. We are just starting, actually it started last week technically in Munich. Uh, we're starting our Indie Germany trip and... Uh, I don't know, why Why are we in Germany? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're working again with acprail.com. You might remember last year we did the Indie Rail trip where we went on an amazing three-month trip around all of Europe with a Eurail pass. Not uh, all of Europe. Well, a lot of a lot Europe. Of Europe okay. um, so this year we thought we'd focus on Germany because it's one of the bigger countries in Western Europe. It's really popular for all sorts of reasons. It's culturally dense and interesting, and we just haven't really seen that much of it. And also we're planning on spending the summer in Berlin, so it's quite a nice way of easing our way into the country. Mm, and getting to see a little bit of everything before we stop in one place. Yeah, although I am rapidly learning that we're not going to see anything at all. <laughs> really, I mean, we're visiting five cities. And last night I, I learned that Nuremberg, where we are now, is the 14th largest city in Germany. The 14th. I mean, and it has 500,000 people. So there are lots of really big cities and, of course, lots of small cities. I think there were 74 cities 
Uh, it's classed as a city if it has more than 100,000 inhabitants. So can you imagine how many towns and cities are in Germany? Not to mention nature areas, forests, mountains, exciting things to visit. Yeah, it's, it's just a big. bit overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we've decided to do um, is start in the south of Munich, and then we're kind of doing a, a one-quarter of the clock face up to the northwest. Then we're going to cut across country to the east, and then zap up north, and then back down to Berlin, which is almost kind of opposite where we are now, if you think of Germany as a circle and the faces of the clock. Berlin's kind of at quarter past-ish, and then we're, we're down at six o'clock. Okay. Yeah, that makes no sense at all, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Okay, well, let's just talk forget about... That. Forget, forget yeah. about that. What we're doing <laughs> is starting in Munich and heading west-northwest, uh, Munich, Nuremberg, then Bonn and Cologne, and then uh, we're heading over to Dresden next, right? Yeah. And then we're going up to Hamburg, and then we're going back down to Berlin. But along the way, we've got these um, travel days with the ASP Rail Pass, which is the German Rail Pass. It's, a, it's kind of like a Eurail Pass, but just for Germany. Unfortunately, it's only available to people who aren't residents of Europe, like us. And uh, it's, it's great. It's a lot cheaper than some of the other passes around. I think, we, I think it works out to 45 euros per person per day. Yeah, and that's uh, for the for the over 26 first class. Yeah, it's cheaper right. if you're under 26. That might sound expensive, 45 euros a day, but not when you see the prices of rail travel in oh, Germany. It's really mad. I mean, sometimes if you're going for a six-hour trip, you can be looking at 150 euros for the... And that might be for a buy-in-advance ticket, like a special price. So... Yeah, yeah. doing the city hopping like this by train is the most comfortable way to go. And up until recently, up until this year, I think, you haven't, uh, German companies haven't been allowed to put in coach, like long-distance bus transfers. Mm -hmm. There was a law, I don't know how long ago, to protect the, the railway monopolies. Mm -hmm. And so you've only been able to travel by rail. So this has kept the prices really high, and it's just beginning to change now. Um but it's still a wonderful way to travel around the country. And the trains here are so comfortable and they're clean and, and pleasant. So mm. we really enjoy traveling by train in Europe and Germany especially. Yeah. Now, the cool thing about this Indie Germany trip is the way we've decided to do it. So we've got five cities and what we're planning on doing is spending half our time couch surfing. So we get a local taste of things. We stay with someone who lives here get a taste of maybe the suburbs or one area of life. And then we'll be moving into a hostel or a hotel for the rest of the week. And we'll be doing all of the touristy stuff and just going wild and going to the, the museums and galleries and historical places and you name it, we'll try and get ourselves there. Yeah, and in most places we're going to have a, a city card. So for example, here in Nuremberg, we've got a Nuremberg city card and that gives us um, public transport for two days as well as access to all of the museums in the city and the zoo. So we'll probably go to the zoo. So that's really great. We'll just have two days of really hardcore tourism. When you're couch surfing, sometimes it's a bit difficult to plan this, uh, you know, hardcore tourism. So we've decided to do both things. In Munich, we did it backwards. We stayed in a hotel for the first couple of days and then couch surf for three. But now we're starting to do it the way we want to because I think arriving in a place and just hanging out with people either getting to know a suburb or just living regular life. Like yesterday, we didn't even leave the house. We just hung out. 
our, our host was studying and we were working and it was raining and, and it was brilliant. It was just normal life in Nuremberg. Oh, and then a whole bunch of her friends came over and we watched a German TV show, which mm, was... Tatort. Tatort. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> it's not supposed to be hilarious. It was a hilarious evening. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah it, was, it was really great. It felt like an ordinary Sunday in Nuremberg. And, and then, yeah, over the next couple of days, we'll be moving to the youth hostel and going crazy in tourism. Yeah, so I hope it's going to be a fun trip to follow along with. And what we're going to do is every couple of cities, I guess, sit down and record our thoughts and talk about what we did after it. And then over the summer, we'll get around to editing it and putting out the shows so you can get a more in-depth taste of each of the cities that we've gone to. Because a week in each in each town or each city is enough to get a really good feel for it, I think. And hopefully we'll be able to pass on the the best and the kind of overhyped and mm. the worst of each city that we go to. As well as the local tips that we pick up from our couch, surfer, couch surfing hosts. Mm, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to this trip. And as Linda said, we're finishing up in Berlin where we'll spend the summer, uh, July, August, September. The plan is to be based there. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be doing excursions and trips out of the city, but that's going to be home for uh, for the summer. Yeah. And the other good thing about this trip is that on our travel days, we can visit various places along the way. Mm, so That's a great thing about the rail pass. Eh? Yeah, yeah. So, for example, when we were coming from, well, actually, <coughs> we suck. Because <laughs> <laughs> what we didn't realize was that when we um, organized to get our rail pass, we asked for it to be valid from the 3rd of June, which is today. And uh, we were originally planning on traveling on Mondays and having four days in a in a hotel and then three days couch surfing. But we realized it would be better to start with the couch surfing. So we thought, okay, we'll make Friday our travel day, which meant that we were actually leaving uh, Munich on June the 1st instead of on June the 3rd, which meant our pass wasn't valid. So, you know, we're not exactly the most organized <laughs> of people, but it turned out to be a blessing in disguise because as we said uh, before, the pass works out to 44 euros per person per day. And in Bavaria, where we are at the moment, they have a buy-in ticket. And in fact, many of the regions of Germany have their own special train tickets, which gives you unlimited access to the trains, uh, the regional trains, for one day, or it could be for a weekend, or, or whatever the deal is for. And in this case, the buy-in ticket is really cheap. It's 22 euros for one person, plus 4 euros for each additional person. You can have up to five people. Mm. So for both of us, it was 26 euros we could travel all day on the um, on the regional train, so we couldn't go on the fast trains, but that's okay. And that's what all was what was extra. We could also use the U-Bahn, the S-Bahn, and the local bus systems yeah. and local tram systems, which we so wanted to do anyway. That was that was completely all inclusive. It was quite amazing. Yeah. So I had read about this, and I thought, well, maybe we shouldn't use our uh, our Germany pass, our German rail pass, for that day anyway. And as it worked out, we couldn't. So it was actually really good. And uh, we had a fantastic trip. We visited Dachau concentration camp and Regensburg. And uh, in both places, we could use the, the local bus or the U-Bahn. And when we arrived in Nuremberg, we also could travel by, by underground. So it was great. Okay, well, let's talk about what we've been up to over the last month then. Wow. <laughs> well, let's start in Salzburg, because our last podcast, we talked about things to do in Salzburg and what we did in the 10 days there. So, uh, yeah, we talked about the Konigsee and uh, going to the salt mines in Berchtesgaden. 
So then we can jump up to Chesky Krumlov. That's right. My sister was in Europe for two weeks and uh, we arranged to meet up and, and travel together for a little while. And we decided to go to Chesky Krumlov because it was one of our favorite places that we visited when we first came to Europe. So we met up in Salzburg. Uh, she and her husband and uh, Henry, the, the two-year-old, picked us up from our couch surfing host place. And we drove up to Chesky Krumlov where we had a little apartment um, rental there. Hmm. And it's such a pretty town. We had a really good time there. Yeah, it's in the south of the Czech Republic, um, the, in the Bohemian part of it. And it's a restored medieval town that sits on kind of a teardrop, uh, not quite an island, but bend in the river. So the river comes down and, and loops and creates this kind of teardrop. So most of the city's on the island, and then just on the outside there's a huge castle and fortress and all sorts of uh, big royal gardens and things like that. And, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful little place. Yeah, so we spent a few days exploring there. Uh, we also drove up to Prague to visit just for the day because Anna and Matt had never been there, and you have to visit Prague if you have the opportunity. It's beautiful. And uh, we also, on the way home, we visited Chesky Vodiovice, which is also a very nice town. And then uh, we went rafting on the river. We ate wonderful food every day. Uh, we did a, a, a brewery tour. We just did all sorts of cool things. It was nice. Yeah, I love Krumlov because it looks beautiful. And then there's, yeah, the artisanal brewers. There's just good food. And uh, it really, to me, sums up what's great about the Czech Republic in yeah. terms of quality accommodation at a good price, um, amazing food at an amazingly cheap price for Europe, and then uh, just lots of little fun things to do, both outdoors, like climbing and kayaking. And, uh, yeah, I just I love it so much. It's yeah. probably my favorite place in the Czech Republic. I like it a lot, too. It's very touristy. I mean... Prague is super touristy and Česká Krumlov is tourist hotspot number two, which is saying quite mm. a lot. But it's it's that way for a reason. And if you stay for a few days, you get to see what it's like in the evening because a lot of people come just for a day trip. Yeah, the evening's the best time. So after Česká Krumlov, we went down to Linz where we just stayed for one night. We wanted to take Henry on the Dragon Train in the Grottenbahn. He really liked it, so that was good. And then Anna and Matt headed back to Munich to catch their flight back to London and we decided to head back into the Czech Republic. We were trying to decide what to do, and I was quite keen on going to the Balkans, but we just couldn't quite make the timing work. So we thought yeah, it's we've got about a week like and a, a half. A day's travel down and a day's travel back, yeah. and we had about nine or ten days in total. That's right. So we decided to just spend our time in the Czech Republic. So we first, so glad we did. Yeah. So we first went to Česky Budějovice, and we had, we'd already been there, well, I'd been there twice before, just for a couple of hours each time. And we just had a nice, relaxing time there. Unfortunately, it was raining a lot, but we had a very pleasant walk out to the castle. What was it called? I can't even remember the name of the castle. No, I can't, but it was stunning. Yeah, and it rained, so we got quite wet. <laughs> then we went to Bruno, where we couch surfed with an American guy who, who really looked after us. And uh, that was nice too. I think the highlight was doing that underground cellar tour. Mm. That was really cool. Yeah, Bruno's a big kind of international city there's a few well, quite a few big multinational companies that either have support there or their european headquarters there and it felt that way like mm -hmm. going to couch surfing meetings was one third local and two thirds expats yeah and um 
Yeah, so it had this university feel, but also this reasonably affluent multicultural feel, and then yeah, yeah it, was nice. it was it was a it was a strange mix. I say reasonably affluent, but it's still the Czech Republic, so it's not super affluent in mm. the way you might think of, say, Germany or the UK. Well, after that, we went to Olomouc, which I think was my favorite place on this trip. I mean, mm. I love cheesy Krumlov, but Olomouc was new and exciting, and it had lots of cool things going on. And we couch surfed with two different people, first with um, Turka and her three-year-old son, Jaroszek, which was quite fun because Jaroszek kept wanting to take us up towers. My nephew, Henry, really loves fountains. Jaroszek really loves towers. I'm learning something about children. They kind of get <laughs> fixated on things. And then we also couch surfed with another woman just for one night. And uh, she and her boyfriend took us out to um, a hill near the town and yeah. had a really nice lunch. It was really great. Oh, it, was no, called, it, was, it was called the Holy Hill and uh, it had this monastery or convent. I think it was a monastery perched on the top of it. And the only reason, I was like, why is there like a saint or a, you know. And so we, we pulled over a passing priest and <laughs> questioned him for a while. And the story was that a wine merchant said, Look, if my business really prospers, then I'll dedicate a church to you. And his business went well, and he made a lot of money with his, his vineyards and his, his wine sales. And so he bought a plot of land and put a church on it, and it Brilliant. just went from there. That started attracting pilgrims, and it became this whole kind of center of pilgrimage. So yeah. that's a, a great story. And Olomouc was great because of the, the architecture was great, lots of towers to go up, a really nice botanical garden to wander around. There was a quite boring glockenspiel. It mm -hmm. went on for some time. Mm, it used to be really good, and then the Nazis replaced it with this kind of national socialist mosaic thing. And I maybe it wasn't. Oh, maybe good. it was the Russians. It I don't was know. Worth seeing, definitely, but, but the, it was just quite long. The, the paintings of what it used to look like before were really impressive. Mm. And uh, oh, the cheese! Olomouc is famous for its cheese, and there's a, a vending machine in the town hall where you can go in and buy this cheese. And we were <laughs> lucky because our next stop was Prague, and we'd. We kind of hoped to buy some cheese to give as a gift to our, our next host, which was Moronia Merka. But we didn't know if we were going to have, we, we didn't think we'd have um, refrigeration in the one night between seeing them. But then we went to the supermarket and they had it there, so we were very yeah. excited. That was great. That one night we stayed at the, uh, the Mosaic St. Christopher's in Prague. And <sighs> it was, was our brilliant. first time staying there. It's one of the, the most popular hostels in Prague. We thought we'd better go and check out one of uh, one of them, <laughs> and gosh, we were up on the the sixth floor with a private room, and it was more like a a boutique hotel room than yeah. a hostel room with amazing views out over the city and the, with castle, the castle. Not and that you noticed the castle. I didn't notice the castle. Well, I noticed the big building and the big complex, but I just I I think my brain was aligned about ninety degrees in the wrong direction. Yeah, I think so. Um, because I didn't put two and two together. But, um, yeah, that was a great place. It was really good. And the breakfast buffet the next morning was delicious, too. <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, while we were staying there, we decided to do one thing extra because we hadn't done... You know, we've been to Prague a few times, and each time we go, we try to do something different. In this case, we went up Petrin Hill. And, uh, yeah, it took us about 15 minutes to walk to the hill, and then we wandered around for about an hour. Uh, there's a, a tower that looks a little bit like the Eiffel Tower. Not very much, but a little bit. And, uh, you know, we saw that, and then we walked back down. And that was really nice. And the next day we went to stay with Maroni and Mirka, my friend, my Chilean friend Maroni, and he wanted to take us to his favourite bar, which was quite some way away, involved 
two metros and a long bus trip, but it was a, a local microbrewery. And we were just sitting there having a beer. And uh, Craig said he was going off to the toilet. So he went off to the toilet. Moroni and I were talking. We realized that Craig had been gone for some time, like 20 minutes. So Moroni went to the toilet, came back and said, well, he's not there. And it was because he'd found the brewer and convinced him to give him a little tour of the entire, the entire complex. Moroni and I were seriously unimpressed. Craig was quite happy about it. Yeah, yeah. I was just walking back from the bathroom and saw an open door with stainless steel, you know, kegs. And, uh, you know, there was a guy working working away in there. I poked my head in the door and said hi. And it was the start of a, a beautiful friendship. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and over the next couple of days, we basically just worked, hold, us, hold ourselves away and uh, mm. got some work done. Then on the weekend, we flew to Italy, which was a bit of a surprise. We'd been asked to go to Cisanatico on a, a blog trip, which was actually really fun. We don't do many of these trips, but meeting other bloggers is really quite satisfying. Now, we got to our hotel, which was um, Hotel San Pietro, and uh, as we were checking in, uh, someone came up to us and said, oh, you're a blogger, and it was, um, it was Alex. Yeah, absolutely, from italychronicles.com. And, uh, yeah, we were really lucky because... It was a hotel consortium uh, called Cesenatico Bella Vita that was putting it on. So it meant that everyone that was staying there was staying in a different hotel room spread up and down the Adriatic coastline for probably about five kilometers start to finish. Um, And we were lucky because we were the only kind of two people, two groups of people, I guess, that were staying at the same place, with the exception of uh, three Spanish bloggers that were all put together in a, in a cabin in the woods out, <laughs> <laughs> out on the side of town. Yeah, so we were really lucky, and we, we spent all of our lunches and dinners with him, and it was great to get to know him. And yeah. we also got to, got to know all sorts of other cool people, so it was really fun. It was. And, of uh, course, I, we got to know Cisanatico, which was kind of the point yes, of the trip. Yes. <laughs> uh, I did some interviews with people as well as we recorded some of our thoughts after we had left there, and so we'll be editing all of that together into an upcoming podcast. At the moment, there's just so much stuff happening, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't we just haven't had time to sit and record and edit and put it together so we're this recording notes kind of as we go oh and my goodness we'll... we're doing so many cool things <laughs> we don't have time to make a podcast <laughs> yeah well we'll uh we'll we'll make it happen we're uh, <laughs> we're recording notes as we're doing it so it won't be two months later and go and we went to that place um uh what was it instead it'll be and yesterday we went to that place what was it it was um um <laughs> Same problem, but it'll feel more authentic, I'm sure. (laughs) And we might have a chance of actually remembering it. (laughs) Smooth. Well, we had better head off and, uh, I don't know, maybe go buy a kayak and try and get down the street. The the flooding here in Central Europe at the moment is just crazy. There's been massive landslides through the western half of Austria, and uh, I read just a couple of... 2,700 people have been evacuated from their homes in Prague. Yeah, that's why I read just a couple week. of hours ago. <laughs> yeah, it's so the the Vltava River, the Donau, everything's kind of in flood. It's just been raining for over a week. Yeah, we had one beautiful day in Munich, the day we the day after we arrived actually, which was good because we had time to go and have a beer in a in a beer garden. Mm. It was good because we met up with two people from the uh, the tourism board, and they said, look. 
The weather forecast is for rain for the rest of the day. Today it is not raining. The rest of the week. For the rest of the week, yeah. They said, today it is not raining. Go <laughs> get to a... The, <laughs> get thee to a brewery. <laughs> yeah, we highly recommend that you go and have a beer. <laughs> we, we, we did. We accepted their advice and uh, went and had a beer. (laughs) (laughs) That's a story for another day. Um, Remember to come by IndieTravelPodcast.com. We've got uh, quite a few reviews going up at Reviews.IndieTravelPodcast.com and um, keeping an eye out in my email for upcoming tours and specials and things like that, which we're advertising at Tours.IndieTravelPodcast.com. Of course, you know where the main site is and uh, yeah. Come hang out, leave a comment, say good day, and check it out. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.